Hey guys, real quick, Coach Jay here. Wanted to give you a quick notice before we dive into this episode. There may be some audio disturbances that you experience while you're listening to this podcast episode. Um, they're currently doing some roofing construction in the uh, spot where my wife and I live at. So please forgive me for that. I uh, do sincerely apologize. Hopefully it doesn't deter you from listening to these episodes of the Strength Matrix podcast because there's still a lot of great information, a lot of great value that you guys can learn from this. So thank you so much for listening. Please uh, forgive me for the audio disturbances and uh, we'll, get, we'll go ahead and dive into the episode. Welcome to episode five of the Strength Matrix podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Setledge, aka the BJJ Strength Coach. And today we're going to be talking about the best ways to build maximal strength for jujitsu. And we're also going to be breaking down and explaining the max effort method. We're going to be diving into why using the max effort method and rotating certain exercises will help with your strength development and how you can begin incorporating the max effort method into your jujitsu strength and conditioning training. Before we dive right into it, I must say that this episode, just like every other episode, is brought to you by thestrengthmatrix.com. If you're interested in getting a sneak preview at the Strength Matrix and checking out some of the training, some of the uh, secret methods that we're using to further develop athleticism on the mat, I have a free four-week strength program that I'd like to send you. You can just click the link in the description below on this podcast episode, and you'll be able to download that training program for free. It's a training program that literally thousands of people have downloaded and had success with all over the world, and it's been awesome to see how you know a simple yet highly effective four-week strength program can make some massive improvements in your overall athleticism on the mat. Not only that, but also help with decreasing your risk of injury so that you're better prepared to win more matches and ultimately get injured less. So if you're interested and down for the cause for that free four-week strength program, you can click the link in the description below of this podcast episode and download that for free. Without further ado, let's dive right into it and in talking about the max effort method. You may have heard the, of the max effort method, and if you follow me on Instagram or subscribe to the YouTube channel where I talk about it quite a bit in some of my um, media material and on the YouTube channel, and it's definitely a big component of a lot of training programs within the Strength Matrix, but we're going to overview the max effort method, its origins, and essentially dive into what makes that particular method of training so unique and special, and yet highly effective in creating maximal strength gains for jujitsu athletes. So what is the max effort method? The max effort method was originally part of the conjugate system that was popularized by the strength coaches of the Soviet Union. So in Soviet Union, Russia, the Olympic strength coaches who were teaching or uh, training athletes in track and field, Olympic weightlifting, wrestling, um, skiing, uh, I'm losing I'm losing my train of thought on uh, track and field. What events are in track and field? Like, like sprinting, hurdles, long jump, pole vault, all those big sports. The conjugate uh, strengthening, or I'm sorry, the Soviet Union strength and conditioning coaches use the conjugate method and the conjugate system, which is something that we're actually going to be diving into in future episodes. And part of the conjugate system, one key component is the max effort method. And the classic traditional max effort method is essentially training that takes place at about 95% or above on your one rep max with the goals of stimulating the body to make positive adaptations in force production, straining against big heavy weights, 
and using a higher training intensity with a lower training volume to achieve massive results. The max effort method focuses on the mass side of the force equation. Where we're talking about sports performance, we're talking about getting stronger and improving our overall athleticism on the mat, we have to talk about the force equation. Now, when you look at a physics textbook or you um, are talking about physics, the equation for force is going to be mass times acceleration. So a classic example is what do you think has, you know, a greater amount of force, a bullet being fired out of a gun or a car, you know, or a semi truck rolling forward. They both have incredible amounts of force, but they kind of lean on one side of that force equation, the semi truck. No one wants to be rolled over by a semi truck, even if it's going slow, because it has so much mass that it can just absolutely kill you. And on the other end of the spectrum, we have a bullet being fired from a gun. Though the mass of that bullet is very small compared to the semi truck, its speed and velocity and the rate at which it's flying through the air, that can definitely do a lot of damage as well. And so the max effort method, we look at uh, the, the force equation, force equals mass times acceleration, the max effort method focuses on the mass end of that equation. And so you may be asking, well, how does the max effort method actually help you get stronger as it pertains to jujitsu? From a general perspective, and this could be for jujitsu athletes, basketball athletes, wrestling athletes, any athlete that's using the max effort method in their training, it's going to benefit them because the max effort method exposes you to top weights on a consistent basis. Top weights being something within that 95% of your one rep max or above. You're straining against maximal weights on a consistent basis and getting used to having that amount of pressure having to strain through those heavy weights and having and getting exposed to on a consistent basis that level of training intensity when we talk about training intensity we're not necessarily talking about the environment of training or the attitude of training though intensity can be related to those things but we're talking from an actual percentage of how close you're getting to your ultimate one rep max a low intensity training session would be a training session that takes place at about 50% of your one rep max and a high intensity training session would be something that takes place at 95 or 90% or above your one rep max. So the max effort method helps you get strong by exposing you to top weights or high intensity weights on a consistent basis. It places you under a high load and high intensity to drive results. You're really stimulating your central nervous system. You are placing your, yourself under tons of load, which causes a lot of adaptations for the body, not only to get stronger, but improve bone density and a lot of other factors as well. And the rotation of exercises, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but the rotation of exercises when using the max effort method can be used to allow you to develop maximal strength in very specific ranges of motion to help bring up certain weak points. And so why is the max effort method so beneficial for jujitsu? Well, like we've talked about before, it's a high intensity type of training with a low training volume. Training volume pertains to the total amount of sets and reps that you're going to do. If you do three sets of 10 reps, that is going to be a higher training volume compared to if you did three sets of one. 
the three sets of one are probably going to be way heavier than your sets of 10. However, the three sets of one rep are going to be a higher intensity and lower training volume compared to the three sets of 10 reps. So when you're using the max effort method in the traditional sense, as it was originally designed by the Soviet Union strength and conditioning coaches and then popularized by Louis Simmons and Westside Barbell, oftentimes the max effort method is done to a singular rep max or a one rep max. And the, the intensity is very high because you're just working up to that top set, that top heavy single. And then you're calling it for the day and you're moving on to some other exercises. You're not training at a high training volume. And because you're training at such a low training volume comparatively, you're actually able to recover quite a bit. You can work up to a high intensity kind of flirt with that that highest intensity that top weight that top set do one really 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 hard rep and then you're done and then you're moving on to the rest of your accessory exercises and you're able to uh, recover quickly and not have too much soreness and not have too much muscular breakdown that's going to leave you really banged up and really sore for your jujitsu training later on in the week the max effort method is also great for jiu-jitsu athletes because it teaches you to strain against big weights. And this is gonna help increase the time that you can apply maximum force against resistance. We've all been in that position on the mat in jiu-jitsu where we're locking in a submission and maybe the submission isn't 100% locked in perfectly where everything need, is where it needs to be, but we can't just let go and then reset, we have to continue squeezing and slowly make little adjustments while we're still actively squeezing to be able to finish that submission. That can be very tiring and that can be very fatiguing. And sometimes we get into a position where we're squeezing, we're squeezing, we're squeezing and our arms or our legs burn out. And then we're not able to finish the submission because we just couldn't, we didn't have enough juice or gas in the tank, so to speak, to apply that maximum force against a resisting opponent for that long of a period of time. So using the max effort method will help you develop the ability to strain against big weights, strain against maximal resistance, and increase the amount of time that you can apply a maximum amount of force against resistance. This is huge for jujitsu. This is huge for wrestling. These are things that um, myself and all the people I train with in the AM crew and all the athletes that I work with around the world, this is a big component and a big focus point for us when we're prepping for a jujitsu competition. And then lastly, we kind of mentioned it earlier, the rotation of exercises uh, by using the max effort method as it pertains to the conjugate system will allow you to work around injuries sustained on the mat, as well as focus in on specific areas you want to improve your maximal strength. So the original conjugate system, conjugate is another term for change and so because every week you're not going to be doing the same max effort exercise, you're going to change it up on about a weekly or maybe a bi-weekly basis. So one week you may do some sort of max effort squat. The next week you may still do a max effort squat, but maybe you're going to change up the style of squat that you're doing, or maybe you're going to change the bar that you're going to be using, or maybe you're going to change um, your foot placement, your foot positioning, things like that. So because you have the freedom to rotate in, all these different exercises, you're actually able to focus in on very specific areas that you want to improve your maximal strength. So uh, for example, say you're doing some max effort 
upper body work and you feel like, hey, like my hip escapes and when I'm getting smashed inside control, my frames are really weak. I have a really hard time framing against my opponent so I can re-guard. I have a really hard time uh, building back up to my base when I get broken down in wrestling. So something that we're gonna do is we're gonna do max effort floor presses. Floor presses is basically a bench press except instead of laying on a bench, you're laying on the floor. Um, because you're laying on the floor, it limits the range of motion a little bit and places a lot more emphasis on the top portion of the bench press movement. So you get a lot of overload on the triceps. You have to break up the downward and upward portion of the lift. It's a great exercise. It's one of my favorite exercises of all time. I actually talked about it in episode two when we talked about my favorite exercises to build strength for wrestling and jujitsu. But because you're able to rotate exercises within the conjugate system using the max effort method, you can kind of pick and choose and focus on all these different weak points that you want to improve your maximal strength. Now, how I use the max effort method for jujitsu is a little bit different than the traditional max effort training templates you might see on some powerlifting articles or you might see on, on Westside Barbell and things like that. But I currently follow a condensed, uh, or I'm sorry, a condensed, forgive me for that. I currently follow a condensed conjugate model that pulls from the traditional Westside Barbell method of training with modifications that were inspired by Phil DeRue, Mark Bell, and Jesse Burdick. So we first need to address the conjugate method and Westside Barbell. The conjugate method was originally invented by the strength and conditioning coaches of the Soviet Union. They was used for Olympic weightlifting, all their Olympic strength, uh, all their Olympic uh, strength sports, track and field, all that good stuff. And then Louis Simmons actually took the conjugate method and popularized it and used it for powerlifting, used it to develop insanely, insanely, insanely strong people, some of the strongest people who have ever lived. He used the conjugate method to make a lot of those strength gains. And so his gym, Westside Barbell, is very famous and synonymous with the conjugate method of training. Now, Louis Simmons also works with a lot of sport athletes, football players, fighters, wrestlers, a couple of jujitsu athletes, tons and tons of track and field athletes. And he has been able to use the conjugate method and his system of training, his spin on the conjugate uh, method of training, if you will, he's been able to use his spin and have tons of success in training these athletes. So that's kind of the history of the conjugate system slash the conjugate method and how it came to the United States with Louis Simmons and Westside Barbell. Now, my mentors, uh, my mentor, Mark Bell, trained at Westside Barbell and studied and learned from Louis Simmons. And so he's very familiar with the conjugate method. Same with another mentor of mine, Jesse Burdick, and then same with uh, another mentor of mine, Phil DeRue. And so in having conversations with those three guys, Mark, Jesse, and Phil, I've been able to ask them a lot of questions and get some deep insight on their perspectives of training and how they over the years have taken the traditional Westside Barbell style of using the conjugate system and tweaking things to their specific needs as coaches and athletes. Phil DeRue is one of the greatest influences I've had in my life as far as programming for jujitsu athletes. Phil DeRue took Louis Simmons' traditional Westside barbell conjugate system, at least the way it's done at, at Westside, and was able to condense it down into only two days of training. Louis Simmons trains on a four-day training split 
Phil works with a ton of MMA fighters, and just being honest, it can be hard to get MMA fighters to spend four days working on strength and conditioning. So he was able to condense that style of training down into two days. He's had some insane success with his athletes. Dustin Poirier, Yuan Yon Jacek, King Mo, Junior Dos Santos, so many great athletes in the UFC and Bellator and all over the world have used Phil's condensed uh, conjugate training model to have lots of success in MMA. Now, I don't really work with a whole lot of MMA athletes. I mainly work with jujitsu athletes, which has its own uh, uniquities, if you will. Uniquities, is that even a word? I'm not sure if it is. If it's not a word, uh, you can leave a comment and uh, let me know. But let's pretend it is a word. Jiu-Jitsu athletes have their own uniquities, if you will, on the demands of the sport of jujitsu. And so I was able to pull from the traditional uh, West Side Barbell conjugate system, pull from the things I learned from Mark Bell, Jesse Burdick, and Phil DeRue, and create a, a variation of the conjugate model that's gonna work really well for jujitsu athletes. And that's what I've been doing for the last several years now. I've seen some absolutely insane results and insane enhances in performance. Uh, with athletes all over the world at every level from white belt all the way through to black belt and it's been awesome and so how i use the max effort method for jujitsu is what we're going to be breaking down next i still use the max effort method in regards to training at 95 or greater per, uh, percent and in intensity uh, so 95 percent or more of a of a certain max but it's not always 95% or greater of a one rep max. I do use a lot of five rep maxes and three rep maxes in addition to some one rep maxes throughout the phase of training. The key is that these rep maxes are always being taken to a high intensity and are just shy of failure. The intent is to strain against big weights. So even though a three rep max or someone doing a heavy triple may only be about 80 to 85 percent of someone's one rep max when we're training with the am crew and how i train all the athletes that i work with around the world we're going to take that three rep max as high as we can and we're going to train at 95 percent or above of that person's established three rep max same logic applies for when we're doing a training phase of five rep maxes we rotate exercises every other week and we'll repeat them two to three times over a six-week training phase. This is what we do with the AM crew. Uh, depending on the athletes that I work with around the world online, it's going to look a little bit different. But just talking about how we train in, uh, in person with the AM crew, weeks one, three, and five on, on a max effort lower body training day, for example, could be a Zercher box squat. So odd weeks, we're going to do max effort Zercher box squats. On the even weeks, weeks two, four, and six, we're gonna change it up and do a sumo deadlift for our max effort lower work. So if you look at it over the course of a six-week training phase, we never do the same max ex max sorry, we never do the same max effort exercise two weeks in a row, but we will return to those max effort exercises about three times over the course of a six-week training phase. Now there's a couple reasons why we do this. One of them being that we want to build technical proficiency in a lot of these in a lot of these lifts. So if someone is new to the AM crew and they're not that technically proficient in the Zercher box squat, I want them to take the first week, week one, 
a little bit easier. It's like, okay, you're only going to work up to about 90% of kind of what your rep max is for this week two. Okay, let's go for it. Let's try to hit something really heavy on week two. And then, or I'm sorry, on the, the second time we run back on the Zercher box squat. And then that third time we do the Zercher box squat, it's time to gangster out, bro. It's time to hit a PR. It's time to go for something big. It's time to crank the music up, throw chalk around, get crazy, yell, do all that fun stuff, and uh, really go for something big. So we, we'll rotate exercises every other week, and we'll repeat them two to three times over a six-week training phase. And we select our max effort variations based on the goals of the training phase and the weak points of each athlete. When choosing exercises for your max effort work, it's important to use big compound and or functional lifts that recruit a large amount of muscle mass and neural drive. So neural drive is, is in layman's terms, kind of the recruitment of the central nervous system to strain against really heavy, big weights. You look at an exercise like a, uh, you know, concentration curl, there's not a whole lot of neural drive going on to do a concentration curl. It's not very taxing or stimulating to your central nervous system. You do a one rep max deadlift, that's going to cause a ton of neural drive and stimulation to your central nervous system. So for example, for max effort upper body variations, it's not really a good idea to do a one rep max skull crusher. That's a little bit more of an isolation exercise that isolates the triceps. I would prefer if you want to do something for max effort upper body, I would suggest doing something like a floor press or an exercise that is a little bit more of a compound lift that attacks a lot of different muscle groups and takes uh, takes the joints through a larger range of motion than a particular uh, isolation exercise. There is time and there is a time and place to do max effort partial range of motion exercises, but those are mainly just partial ranges of a big lift. So that'll be like a rack pull for deadlifts, a block pull for deadlifts, a pin press or a board press for horizontal pressing movements, things like that. And since we're talking about a big piece of the conjugate system, we should also mention accommodating resistance, aka bands and chains. Um, if you're familiar with Westside Barbell, if you've been uh, in the game for a while and been studying these things, you know that bands and chains are a big component of the conjugate system. And we will occasionally use bands and chains for our max effort work, depending on the goals of the training phase, but this is pretty few and far between. Bands and chains are a form of accommodating resistance, and accommodating resistance basically means that you can attach these implements to the bar or to whatever training tool you're using and the resistance is going to get greater and greater and greater the more you stretch that band or the more chains you lift off the ground so for example say you're doing a bench press or some sort of horizontal press we all know that the easiest part of the bench press is the very top just holding the weight we can hold a ton of weight out of out of the top with our arms extended having to press that same amount of weight off our chest is very difficult and most of the time when people miss a bench press or people fail a rep on the bench press they fail as soon as they're pressing off the chest now when we talk about something that's known as the strength curve the strength curve is the rate of force production and and the rate of of uh resistance if you will appropriate to the the different positions of the exercise so 
the strength curve at the bottom of the lift is going to be very high the resistance is going to be very high that's going to be the hardest portion of the lift is the bottom of the bench press and then the strength curve is going to taper off a little bit at the top because that's the easiest part of the bench press when we apply accommodating resistance in the form of bands some elastic bands that we attach to the bar or put chains on the bar this is the way that we can actually overload the strength curve and it's an, an amazing way to get really freaking strong improve explosive power strain against big weights all that good stuff so you think about attaching chains to a bar at the bottom you really only have the weight on the barbell that's resting on your chest because the chains that are hanging off the bar are all going to be deloaded on the floor once you start to press off your chest it's not going to get any easier because as you continue to press you're going to pick up more and more links of chain off the ground which means the as you're pressing the bar gets heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and it appropriately matches the resistance and the difficulty from the bottom portion of the bench press all the way through to the top part of the bench press which if you're just using straight weight the top part of the bench press is easiest but if you're using chains the top part is going to actually be very difficult because as you continue to press through to that easiest point of the lift you're going to be picking up more and more chain which makes the bar heavier and heavier which makes it more and more difficult lastly during our comp prep or training camp phases of training where we're getting ready for a big jiu-jitsu competition we will work up to one top set for the given rep max so sometimes that's looking um sometimes that'll look like working up to a three rep max or a five rep max or a one rep max and so we'll be very clear about what the goals are for the training session and say hey today we're all going to warm up we're doing zercher box squats as soon as you take you know a set of 20 reps with an empty bar i think everyone should do a set of 20 with an empty bar always start with an empty bar when you're warming up for any lift but once you guys take your set with an empty bar, we're going to work up to a three rep max today. So you're just going to do sets of three all the way up until you hit that top set or that maximal set, and then you're done. And then we're moving on to the rest of the training session. When we're outside training camp or a competition phase of training where we're gearing up to compete, we will do multiple sets at a slightly lower intensity during the max effort portion of our training session. So for example, some training phases may call for two heavy sets of six reps now these are really heavy sets of six reps but they're not maximal sets of six these are not six rep maxes and so we will put that in place of our traditional max effort work this of course is not technically maximum effort because we're not hitting the maximum amount of weight we can hit for those six reps because we're kind of leaving a little bit in the tank so that we can get a second set of six reps so this could be considered more of your heavy effort training Every once in a while, we will use the max effort method to work up to an AMRAP or as many reps as possible of a certain exercise. So that's another form of the max effort method, but it's a little bit different and it doesn't teach you how to strain against super heavy weights. It's a little less stimulating and taxing on the central nervous system. It doesn't require as much neural drive, depending on what you're doing. If you're taking like 90% of a deadlift and you're like okay do as many reps as you can that's going to be a little heavy when we do it 
with the uh, AM crew using the max effort method for an AMRAP or as many reps as possible, we're often doing calisthenics movements. So that could be like, hey, today your max effort upper body portion of the workout is going to be just hit one set of as many freaking pull-ups as you can or we may do something else where we say hey once we warm up you're going to do one set of as many push-ups as you can and so that's another form of the max effort method that you could use we don't do this all the time we do this probably once every three to six months Um, however it can provide a good break in training and just a good way to change things up a little bit and another thing you can do is with athletes who are working around injuries or maybe they um, are at a point where they can't necessarily lift heavy yet or it's not beneficial for them to lift really heavy at that point in time um, we'll sometimes have them work up to an amrap or as many reps as possible on a certain calisthenics exercise so just to review the max effort method was originally designed by the soviet union's strength and conditioning coaches who work with the Olympic athletes. It's designed to help stimulate the body to help make positive adaptations in force production. Remember the force equation is force equals mass times acceleration and the max effort method improves your ability to move a ton of mass. The max effort method also teaches you to strain against big weights, which is going to help you increase the amount of time that you can apply maximum force against resistance, which is very important for jujitsu. And it's a high intensity, lower volume method of training, which means you're actually able to hit a really high intensity of training, work up to something very heavy. But as soon as you work up to that maximum set, you're done with the workout and then you can move on, or I'm sorry, you're done with that portion of the workout then you can move on to the rest of the exercises that you have to do. The rotation and variation of exercises with the max effort method will allow you to work around injuries that you might have sustained on the mat, as well as focus on specific weak points in other areas you want to improve your maximal strength. That is the breakdown of, in my opinion, one of the best methods to produce strength for jujitsu athletes and really any athlete, in my opinion. Um, it's an amazing method of training, something that I've been doing for several years now and have had a lot of success with. You can have a lot of fun with the max effort method, but the one of the, I, I'll, I'll end with this. The key to the max effort method is to do everything with absolutely perfect technique when we're talking about working up to a one rep max or a three rep max or a five rep max these are all technical maxes so even if you could do more weight but your last set you experience some form of technical breakdown that's it you're done if you're doing a one rep max deadlift doing singles all the way up to your top set and your form starts to break down you're done. You hit your max set. If you could do a sloppy rep, it is not worth it as a jujitsu athlete to risk adding five or 10 more pounds on the bar, doing an extremely sloppy rep and risking injury to yourself, which would then sideline you for several weeks, maybe even several months, and you wouldn't be able to do jujitsu. And that wouldn't be fun. That freaking suck. So we'll close with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is this episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by thestrengthmatrix.com. And if you guys are interested in checking out what the Strength Matrix is all about, you can go to www.thestrengthmatrix.com. And the Strength Matrix is also uh, 
posting up um, or at least launching out a free four-week strength program specifically for jiu-jitsu athletes. So if you're a jiu-jitsu athlete who's listening to this episode, you want to use some of the max effort method training that we talked about in this episode, you want to further learn about how you can develop strength that's going to help you enhance your performance on the mat so you can win more matches and get injured less, I highly suggest you click the link in the description of this podcast episode so you can download that free four-week strength program. You can be on your way. You can start getting strong, start getting jacked, multiplying your muscle, multiplying your hustle, as my man Mark Smelly Bell would say. That way you can win more matches and get injured less. Thank you guys so much for watching. My name is Josh Selledge. You can follow me on Instagram at Joshua Selledge, and I highly suggest you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Selledge Strength, the BJJ Strength Coach on YouTube, and I'll catch you guys later. Peace.